Alright, wrestling fans, welcome back. Welcome back. We're supposed to continue this discussion of wrestling. By now, you've heard from several of my family members. And Jay was supposed to come back and help me wind this thing down. You know, this is the beginning of the final chapter here. And we're supposed to start with him and be us on the way out from here on out. But uh, the thing about it is I don't know where he is. And so I'm just going to go ahead and start without him. Hopefully he shows up. Uh, but yeah, okay, so so DCP wrestling. I called it that I call it that for a reason because growing up, when I was a really young kid, Jay's dad was actually the only person that I knew who called it wrestling. I never heard the pronunciation of wrestling as wrestling. He was the only one for years who I knew who said that. I just thought that was the way he spoke and then come to find out uh, that's just a very this is how some people in the, in, in the South and, and the Midwest will uh, pronounce that. Of course, we all know that now, but as a young kid, I did not. So there it is. But uh, speaking of fathers, you know, one other thing is I there's a story that I'm surprised that none of my siblings ever brought up. And I never thought to bring it up either. But uh, hearing this, I know they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. One day, happened to me watching Raw. I don't remember if it was... I don't remember if I was just checking in kind of as I'd already tuned out or if I was still into it really hardcore at that point, but uh, it doesn't matter. But it was around the time they had that angle going on called Right to Censor, and you had guys like Val Venus, and uh, in particular the Godfather, who had changed his name to the Good Father and shed the pimp image, and so all of his hoes were fired. And there's a few episodes with, you know, some of the hoes walking around with picket signs. They say, save the hose on them. And they're chanting, save the hose, save the hose. And the crowd is doing the same thing. So, my pops walks in, comes in the room to tell me something. And he's like, oh, what the hell are you watching? And he just sees his thing. I, I tell him it's it's wrestling. And I start to explain the angle, but I just kind of stop it. I'm like, hey, it's a long story. He's like, yeah, okay. He walks out of the room. He's like, goes to my stepmom. He's like, hey, you know what my son is in here watching? He's in there watching Save the Hose. And I, again, start to explain that it's wrestling. And just, I'm laughing my ass off. Just had his whole reaction. But I'm just like, but he goes, it, wrestling, huh? Yeah, all right. This is the most ignoramus shit i ever seen. You know, you ain't never supposed to save a hoe. <laughs> and my pops is crazy. But, uh, so, with that said, I'm just going to, oh, wait a minute. Wait. That's Jay's music. Here he comes, he's here! He has returned. He's coming back. Jay, have, come on. Have a seat over here, man. All right. You see that, everybody? He's here. The DCP mob tag team did not break up. Right <laughs> no, here. We're, we're here. I'm welcome, here. Welcome back. Well, welcome back to the show, Jay. How, how you like this uh, this gimmick ring and announce table I got set up up here in the office? It's it, it's nice, but this wood, it, it feels rather balsa woody. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, you shouldn't expose the business like that. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, 
it, it just kind of threw me off. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, if the spiritual advisor shows up, he'll know exactly what to do with it. Oh, so much possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this is the, uh, well, this is the penultimate episode, chapter of DCP Wrestling. Hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. Um, you know, obviously the uh, the, the ending, the afterword that's going to be over on I Made It a Fool. Uh, but right now, we got Jay here. And the reason we did that, you know, you guys heard me mention a few times why. Um, but that's because, uh, Jay, you weren't really the you weren't really a big wrestling fan uh, during the uh, the heyday. I was more of a fair weather fan. It, I, it would come and go for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because, uh, um, you know, I, I, I know there's a couple of past episodes where you might have mentioned in passing something about wrestling. And... You know, eh, I mean, you you watch, but you weren't really into it like the rest of us were, you know. But but I do have distinct remem- dis- distinct memories of uh, you and uh, you know guys like Papa Shango and and, and you know uh, other random stuff from from back then. But uh, uh, I guess where do you want to start, man? I uh, I guess how far back do you remember watching wrestling? Like, what was your first the first time watching it, or finding yourself enjoying it, or what? Um, well. My first, um, my first sort of exposure to wrestling, and I, I don't know if I told this story on the show or not, but uh, it'll lead into a story. Okay. Uh, my, my first exposure was um, a cartoon, of course. It was uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Hell yeah! You know, that's the first time that I, um, I really paid attention to wrestling. Right. And you know, it, it was more. You know, watching the cartoon and then seeing you know the rushers themselves, and then um, when did that come on? That didn't come on right before wrestling, right? Uh, not right before, but it, it was, did come on like kind of toward the end of uh, the run, if I remember right, because um, that's kind of how it happened for me back then. Whereas I was be, I'd be watching uh, rock and wrestling, and then not too much later, uh, actual wrestling would be on. Yeah. And that's where I really sort of got my first exposure to a lot of these, you know, wrestlers from the 80s, you know. Right. Uh, Hulk Hogan and everything. And you know, so then I would start watching. And, you know, I, I know I've told this, that I've, you know, grew up in this little white little farming town outside of St. Louis. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the only black guy, you know, in my group. Of, I'm the only black guy in school. <laughs> but you know, I'm the only black guy in, in circle of friends. So of course, whenever we would play wrestling at recess, I was two guy. I was either the junkyard dog <laughs> or I was Coco Beware, because they were the only two black guys. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I could, I could, uh, I could say, well, I want to be you know Jimmy Superfly Snooker. He said, "Now get away, because he he's dark, he, he's brown." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, this leads me into my, my story. The junkyard dog uh, would come in sometimes. At least I think he did. In in my memory, his entrance music was uh, Queen's "Another One Bites the Dust." Yeah, that's what he was. Okay, so you know, as a what, five, uh, six, seven-year-old kid, you know, I'd see him come out to "Another One Bites the Dust," and he's dancing down the aisle and everything, you know. And yeah, that, that was back when you could just play songs and not have to pay the artist or nothing. No, oh, I know, right? But um, 
one time, one uh, like summer, we had gone to Oklahoma because a, uh, a family member had passed, and you know we were all in the in the uh, the family limo that follows the hearse to to the the cemetery after the you know the actual funeral service at the church and we're all in there and you know I'm just minding my own business everyone in the car you know th- this is a story that was told to me I vaguely remember it but this was told more to me by my parents and I didn't realize exactly what I had done until years later but um everyone in family was talking about you know their favorite uh, church hymn so I piped in. Well, my favorite song is "Another One Bites the Dust." <laughs> everyone, everyone started laughing, and I didn't really know why. You know, my, my parents will, you know, would tell that story from time to time. As, oh yeah, that's as, a, uh, as you know, as, as the years go by, and it wasn't yeah, that's until a classic much story. It, I don't know if it's been told on the show yet, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if, if I, I told it in in the where a kid can be a kid episode or not. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't until I, I was much older and I realized what that phrase "another one bites the dust" is, and hearing right. him saying this is my favorite song and a favorite funeral. <laughs> that was so fucking genius! Like just, uh, just man, I tell you, that is like the essence of Jay right there. Just like fucking. <laughs> you hear how he edits this podcast all the time. You hear what he says on on, on the show. I mean, it's just like an <laughs> accidental genius. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it genius though? It I, is. I mean, I, I guess because it sort of broke up the the, uh, the it, sadness. It added levity to a situation. I guess, but and just the fact how coincidental <laughs> was it that you just happened to like this song and like this wrestler or whatever <laughs> and, and, and the phrase. Actually, was fitting for the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But um, yeah, that was really sort of my uh, first exposure to wrestling was you know the early WWF days, right? Um, and then I kind of fell out of it for a while, and then I, I would fall back in, you know, probably around middle school, and then I'd fall back out again, and then you know I got really heavy into it in high school for a while. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a minute, but uh, still kind of sticking in your early years, like, who were some of your favorites? I mean, I mean, I mentioned Papa Shango uh, before, but, uh, I mean, you know, even going back to, like, uh, the early days, with the, you, know, you mentioned Junkyard Dog and uh, Coco and, and Snooka, but, I mean, anybody else? Yeah, in the early, early days, I mean, it was, uh, it was Junkyard Dog and... All those guys, um, Ultimate Warrior, I always liked, mm-hmm. you know, just because, and, and I was th- thinking about this when I was listening to uh, you, you and Rachel's uh, podcast. If we ever have a chance to do a live show or we're part of a, like a panel or something, a podcast panel, <laughs> I'm totally coming out just like the Ultimate Warrior. Just, well, just running balls out as fast as I can <laughs> down the aisle. 
Well, if you remember when uh, Ray and RJ got married, that's exactly what I did when, when they yeah. <laughs> when they brought the music out because I was thinking about like, okay, when they introduced us, we were ushers, you know, my brothers and all that. So um, when they start uh, introducing the ushers and the bridesmaids and 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 the you know the groomsmen and all that. I was the first one out there, and I was trying to think of what to do. I knew I wanted to do wrestling. I couldn't decide if I wanted to come in like Hogan, Ric Flair, or or, or Warrior. And I said, fuck it, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I took off down there. <laughs> if only I could have had, you know, had the DJ arrange it beforehand to have his rest- to have his, uh, his theme come on. But, of course, I'm sure he didn't have it. But yeah. that would have made it that much better. Yeah, but, like, uh, Ultimate Warrior... Um uh, I really think. Well, uh, of course, I saw Jim Duggan just because he was crazy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but the, those were sort of the classic guys that uh, I was into in the really early days. And then, yeah, like you said, as time went went on, I I started. Well, because I was a weird kid if you haven't gotten that by now <laughs> right but, <laughs> 45 episodes in I mean, they, <laughs> yeah they should know by now but i i honestly you know was really sort of maybe into isn't the right word but i i was interested in uh voodoo and i, I was you know i read books about it and you know i, I did a couple re- research papers about it so yeah i was into papa shango and um God, who else was I into? I was, I, um, there was, there was, uh, Kamala. Oh, yeah. That I liked. And then there was this one dude, I can't think of his friggin' name. He was big, fat dude. Um, he had, he had that really long, it was a white guy, really long greasy hair, but he was bald up top and he had a beard and mustache and he he wore a blue, blue and white leotard. Earthquake. Is that Earthquake? Yeah. yeah. Earthquake I, I liked. Didn't he have a partner named Typhoon or something like that? Yeah, now what happened was uh, Earthquake was around um, actually, uh, if I remember right, he debuted because they um, well, they had him as a, you know, posed as an audience member you know, uh, out of the crowd, uh, and they had him. Uh, they had they, they went to find this big. You know, they're looking for some big heavy person. They pointed him out. He said, "What's your name?" He's like, "I'm I'm John." And that is his name, John Tenta. Uh, and it's, they wanted him to do uh, to sit on Ultimate Ultimate Warrior's back while he did push-ups. And then uh, and he started out. He was called the Canadian Earthquake, and then they just shortened it to Earthquake. Okay. But then uh, type uh, there was this other guy um. If you remember uh, Tugboat, and he just wore, like, this shitty uh, oh, sailor's hat. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Tugboat. And, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a shit. <laughs> that that gimmick, as uh, Steve Austin would say, was the drizzling shits. So, <laughs> so uh, they, you know, they had Earthquake by then, so they brought him. Uh, they changed his image again and called him Typhoon. They changed it. They, they called themselves the Natural Disasters. That's right. Yeah, they were a tag team I liked. And then there was the Bushwhackers, just because the way they walked out on, <laughs> where they'd be fucking marking out down to the fucking uh, the ring. I never understood what the hell that was about. I was just like, you know what? I don't need to know. They're now, just, were they really Australians, or were they just putting on a... Uh, 
I believe they were uh, Australian or or, or uh, New Zealanders, or some you know, but they had the gimmick for a long time, um, and it was you know in uh, in uh, independent organizations, you know, other promotions. They had different mm-hmm. names. I think they were called the Sheep Herders at one point, and then they came in as the Bushwhackers, and they became more comedic. And then, but I don't know what the whole walking and the arm thing was about. I don't and licking, you know, licking each other's heads and stuff. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but they. <laughs> but that was their thing, man. I mean, I can't. I, 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 you know, to this day, I've never even looked up what the hell that was all about. That's just what they did, and I just, you know, just left it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh man, but uh, uh oh, where was I gonna go? You were you were you were still talking about uh, your favorites from back then in those days, um, and then I guess so. That was the uh, '80s, and I guess you know maybe bleeding into like 1990 or '91. But do you remember? And I don't remember what the occasion was, but do you remember there was some sort of? There was some sort of convention or something going on. I just want to say it was 89. And King Kong Bundy was there. We had all gone to something. It was something. It was a car show. It was a car show? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because um, my, my dad used to work for GM. And so he would always get you know into the car shows for free. And he would always bring the family and stuff. Got so you. Okay, he was at a car show. That's what it was. That's what it was. I couldn't remember what was going on, and I, I, you know, I just had such vague memories about what we actually did and what we were had going on. But I just remember King Kong Bundy was there, and I guess we, you know, either there was too much, too much of a line, or we missed it, or something like that. But we didn't get to actually see him. If I remember, right, it was just a big line. Yeah, I mean, maybe, there, there maybe. Was a, uh, we had gotten there. And it was almost time for him to leave anyway, and the line was huge. And mm-hmm. like we could see, we, we could see him at the table, but we couldn't get like really like close, close to him. Right, right. Okay, that. Okay, starting to kind of come back now, but yeah, my memory's so fuzzy about just that whole event. But uh, okay. Well, you know, since I mean, that's really you really kind of summed it up earlier, though. You know, you just kind of. You know, you just just kind of check it out in passing. You'd kind of watch for a while, then fall out, and then just you know, kind of on and off like that for, uh, you know, for most of uh, well, for all the '80s and most of the '90s. But uh, so we're gonna go right into uh, one of the exact reasons why um, why we brought you here to the uh, to, to you know to wrap this up. Because really, really wasn't until like the uh, really mid to late '90s when you really actually. When it really actually took hold with you. Yeah. And it was, and I remember that exactly because I remember for a long time, well, you know, I, of course, all of us were big fans of, of wrestling. And in the early 90s, uh, you know, after uh, after Ghost had put us on to WCW and we started watching it, you were like, ah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that one. It's boring. I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. They kept, and it, <laughs> every time we stay at your house and we'd, turn on WCW in the morning and you kind of reluctantly just kind of sit there and watch it but you know you really weren't feeling it uh but then you know by the mid 90s you know we'd fallen out of it you know other than other than Joey you know we'd fallen out of it 
But then I remember one, and then you weren't watching wrestling at all for a pretty long spell. And then one day, I think we'd gone to your place, and he said, oh, you know, I'm watching wrestling again. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, WCW. And I'm like, ew, why? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sucks, man. And you're like, so this was 95, and this is pre the NWO thing. So what, what, what brought you in? I think all my, my friends were watching it is what uh-huh. it was. And, you know, they, they were watching it on Sundays, and so I wanted to be able to talk about this stuff too. So, you know, I I started watching as well. Okay. So that's what it, it sort of started as. And, you know, I just got really into it for whatever reason. Now, was uh was Nitro on at that point, or was it still, uh, I guess, the other programs? Yeah, it, it was in, they had in the Nitro era. Okay, okay, so Nitro was on at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Gotcha. Because I just remember one day, I remember one day I'd gone there, and then, yeah, again, same conversation, I think. And you were saying, oh, this guy, uh, this guy, Eddie Guerrero, he's really, he's really good. And, uh, somebody else, I can't remember who you mentioned, man. But, uh, I was like, okay. And I asked Joe about it, because, you know, he was still kind of clued into uh, WCW. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Guerrero's awesome. And, uh, him and, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. And I was like, who the fuck are those guys? You know, because <laughs> he was the only one watching. And then, but then he would sit there and talk to you. And he was only, he couldn't have been any older than eight back then. And you, you guys were there chopping it up like real hard about all these guys that me and Ray were like, didn't know about because we weren't into WCW at all at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that. We, me <laughs> and John or Joey just be sitting over in the corner talking this stuff. And you just be looking at us, but I mean that's um, the WCW guys. I mean the early, even though honestly I, you know, sitting here today, I don't remember as much about the early WCW stuff. You know the pre, um, the pre WWF Exodus, I guess you could call it. When when the NWO started and they all defected over WCW, I don't remember a lot of those guys. I remember some of them, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was. Uh, I I just I, I don't know why I, I found it more interesting, but I would even go where it was. Nitro was on Monday nights, and then WWF had a, a Monday night. Was it Raw? Was Raw on at that time? Yeah, it was Raw. Because you remember before they that, were back. it was it was primetime wrestling, and I can't remember if that was Monday nights or not, but then they started doing Monday Night Raw in 93. So Nitro launched in, I think, 95. Okay, but they, they were airing back-to-back on different... Uh, like, like Nitro was on TNT, and then Raw was on USA Network. Right. And so I would flip... You know the channel back and forth, and I like most people. Yeah, I I would still sort sort of be into the WWF or E. I, I don't know how I, I should be saying it on this. Since uh, it's tense. you know what? Nah, at the time it was WWF. So I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You know. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I I would still be sort of watching because they still had some some guys that I was kind of interested in, like the Heart Foundation. And, yep. 
game. And actually, while I was sort of mentally preparing myself for, for this, um, I was trying to think. Now, the Hart Foundation was Bret Hart, Owen Hart, right? Uh, initially, it was uh, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. They're That's right, and Jim the Anvil yeah. Now, okay, they were brothers-in-law. But wasn't didn't the the British Bulldog join up too? Because he yes. was married to a heart as well, or something. Yeah, he's married to uh, Diana, who is uh, Brett's uh, sister. Okay, yeah, so, that, that's what I I was trying to figure out. So he was in there too. Yeah, because so what happened is uh, after I can't remember if he just his contract was up and then WWF didn't renew it, or if he got hurt and he was out for an extended period of time. So, uh, became Brett and Owen. Well, no, no, let me back it up. Brett started, he, he went on a singles tear after a while, after Anvil was off TV. And then Anvil comes back. Brett is, you know, intercontinental champion at that point. He's like red hot, you know, as a singles guy. So they had Owen, uh, come in. They were called the New Foundation. Him and, uh, Neidhart. That's right. That's then right. Neidhart disappears again. Doesn't come back till, I guess, you know, this time frame we're talking about. But in between that time, Brett and Owen had teamed up again as the Hart Foundation for a while. Then Owen turns heel, and he's against Brett for the longest time. And then uh, eventually Bulldog turns heel, and he's with Owen. And then eventually they all make up, and uh, Anvil comes back, and Brian Pillman comes over. So they're all this big crew together. They're all the Hart Foundation. And they got leather cuts and everything like that with their names on the back. That's yeah. <laughs> God dang. I get how stupid some of these dudes are. They're stupid and, freaking costumes. And Bulldog was wrestling in those blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, I don't see how some, some of these dudes wrestle in some of it. Like, like, like Axel would be in that freaking... In the freaking... Uh... uh Overalls and stuff. How do you wrestle in that? I don't know, but they, I mean, it didn't last long because remember then he switched to just blue, uh, blue trunks. Yeah. After a while, but uh, yeah, he used to do that, and um, other people would wrestle in like overalls and other all sorts of shit. Or you remember Skinner? I used to wrestle in the uh, pretty much full on like outdoors, like just missing the pith helmet. You know what I'm saying? He like. He was like out in the back of the Everglades or something like that, but then he always had tobacco juice, like chew spit running down his uh, chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so back to the mid 90s. So, again, because of Joey, uh, you know, we would catch. We, we, we would catch an earshot or, you know, uh, of, of stuff that was going on when he'd be watching WCW Saturday night. And that's when we saw the uh, when uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon came over. They didn't have names yet, but they were just showing up on that TV. And then they attacked Bischoff because he asked him, you know, do you work for the WWF? And he's like, hey, you know who we are. You know why we're here. And they attack him. And then. Hogan turns heel and just the little, you know, every, you know, shit hits the fan. And then I remember next time I saw you, I said, oh, man, I've been watching WCW a little more. He said, oh, so you know about the NWO? I said, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you yeah, because now if I remember correctly, now Hogan was already at, at WCW, right? Hogan had come to WCW in late 93 or early 94, and it was the weirdest shit 
ever because, yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons. He's the face of WWF for, I mean, God, you know, all of our lives. And he's the same character, same red and white, red, or red and yellow trunks. And, you know, he can't. He doesn't use the real American theme because he can't, but he has another version of, you know, some 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 pro-America song. And he's the same character. And, you know, you know how different WWF and WCW were at the time. So, I mean, it just his whole style and his whole image didn't seem like it fit there. Yeah. Now, this is before... Um, Vince McMahon just put a, a a vice grip on everybody's name, right? And that's how Hogan got away with being able to stay Hulk Hogan. Well, he was Hogan before uh, he was Hogan in the AWA before he ever came oh, okay. to WWF. So he had that name regardless. Gotcha. Okay. But still, I do think it was before that because I mean, you know. Yeah, and I I just that whole NWO thing, it you know, it really turned it into at least. To my memory, a uh, a w, uh, WWF exodus where everyone was coming over, they'd come over and then they would automatically be in the NWO. Like I, I mean, very rarely did it's someone come over and not not become part. Right. Right. It's yeah. It's uh. It's interesting. Okay, and I'm gonna give you a little bit of history. I don't know if you're so much up on this. I mean, I know a lot of people who are listening to this who are into wrestling, they know these stories, but the NWO thing kind of started because uh, um, you know, WWF was not in a good financial position which is what led to the whole Bret Hart thing uh, you know, but that's, we're getting ahead of ourselves so, Razor Ramon and Diesel uh, their contracts are coming up for renewal and Bischoff has just taken over at WCW and he's got Ted Turner money behind him and, and, you know, whoever else is behind him saying, hey, you know, throw money at these guys. So they're offering guaranteed contracts, which that wasn't a thing in the business back then. You know, it was still more like more like the Carney thing where, like, you know, who's drawing the money? You get paid based on what you draw, mm-hmm. you know, and you get a percentage of that. Uh, so they're offering these guaranteed contracts to guys and so and, – and, and less work dates. So – uh, Scott Hall, who's Razor Ramon, he's just like, uh, well, he didn't want to leave. And he said, but, I mean, this is too good to pass up. You know, if you guys can match it, I'll, I'll stay right here. And, of course, Vince, he couldn't match it, you know, again. Not good financial position, and plus just that just wasn't the business at the time anyway. So he and uh, Diesel were both set to uh, to leave. So there's this match at Madison Square Garden, and it's uh, it is uh, Shawn Michaels – and uh, I think it's what is it Shawn Michaels and no Diesel and Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels and uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley or God damn it I'm I'm bla- it's sorry folks it's late and I'm drinking uh, <laughs> but it's you know basically those four guys okay so two heels and two baby faces it's still in the kayfabe era where you know they still take separate buses to places just so they don't be seen together you know hanging out. And uh, so after the match is over, they all get in the ring and hug right there. Madison Square Garden at a pay-per-view. You know, Vince is fucking livid and he can't take. So 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 what happens is uh, he go and you see all those guys are really great friends. You know, uh, one, two, three kid as well, who becomes uh, X-Pac. But uh, so they're all 
they're all good friends and they're, this is our last match at the Garden and you know uh, WCW isn't allowed up at the Garden anyway because WWF has that so uh, it's an emotional thing because those guys I mean they're all about to go their separate ways but also this is their last time <laughs> you know, for those for those two, it's gonna be the last time at Madison Square Garden ever again. You know, so right. they all hug in the ring, and you know, everybody's looking at it like, "What the fuck just happened?" And so, uh, and so, what happens is uh, those guys are getting ready to leave, so Vince can't he can't do anything about them. And Shawn Michaels was the champion at the time, so he couldn't come down on him with any heat. So all the heat fell on uh, <laughs> on Triple H, and so Triple H was actually supposed to win the King of the Ring that year. Uh, but instead, he got pushed back to like mid card status and um, stole Cold Steve Austin, who was just kind of getting started with that character. Uh, Mr. Man goes to him and says, "You're going to win King of the Ring," and that's what started his ascent because that's where he came with the Austin 316 promo, and that's where everything took off for him. So, pretty crazy. But so the NWO thing, it was all those guys. You know, basically it was it was like. Uh, they all, all four of those all, all those guys basically said you know they wanted to change wrestling and they all wanted to just basically have each other's backs wherever they went and just get over as much as they could in the locker room so that's why you have those two guys come along and then uh uh Sean Waltman one two three kid he comes down there at six so that's why he joins up and so all those guys always pretty much stuck together and that's why uh when he gets fired uh Sean Waltman does when he gets fired he goes back to uh, WWF that's why he's in D-Generation X right away because he's there with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels okay yeah I didn't yeah. know any of this yeah 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 that's some uh, you know that that's stuff that you know wrestling fans who you know will all know but just you know I, I wasn't sure if you were up on or not so yeah the NWO thing was actually just it, it all resulted from those guys just having been friends for all those years okay and so, and then they needed a big bombshell, and that's why you got Hogan because he'd never been healed before. And so, and Bischoff is like, "Hey, you know, I'm changing things around here. We need something that's gonna just, just, just set the world on fire and surprise everybody." And of course, you know, <laughs> you saw it. You saw they were throwing shit at the ring in him, and, and people were trying to, you know, come over the barricades after Hogan and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I liked the NWO at. The- I'll say it first, but then it got so friggin' crazy, you know, uh, cause, cause, uh, Bischoff joined like towards the end there. And so he quit being, what, wasn't he like beat up and then he left for a while and then came back and then he was like manager for the NWO all of a sudden. Yeah. Is that how it went? Yep. Because, uh, oh, back to what you were talking about when you said like all these WWF guys, you know, uh, Ted DiBiase, he'd come down there after his thing was up. And so he was supposed to be like the, he was supposed to be like the person financing it. But Bischoff, I guess he changed his tune and said, uh, nah, I don't want to do that. We're going to have, I'm going to be the guy. And so that's why Ted, you know, he left. He's like, you know, I was hired in to be that, the mouthpiece for the group, and I was supposed to be the guy behind it. So now I'm being squeezed out. But, uh, yeah, Bischoff was, uh, they, they beat him up at the beginning, but there was supposed to be, I guess they retconned it to be like that was a ruse, and it was really him the whole time. Yeah, and then and then there was, uh, I mean, one of my favorite NW, or, uh, WCW guys was, was a Sting when he came over. And he did that whole 
the crow reboot thing of himself. You yes. Know, he, the 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 lights would go out and the music would start, and then they come back on and he would just be in the ring or sometimes he, he'd be up in the rafters and, and shit. You know. I remember that too because I'd been out of it for a long time. I remember Sting. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I knew Sting from the old days with the spiked hair and the colorful paints and. Yeah, the Ultimate Courtney. Warrior ripoff mask. Well, he and Ultimate Warrior were a tag team back in those days, back back oh, in yeah. the indies. So that's yeah, they both did it. But yeah, that was their thing, you know. And uh, but yeah, he had all that stuff going on. And then uh, you know, I remember when I first started watching again, and they Sting would never say anything. He was always up in the rafters, walking around and shit. I'm like, that's Sting. What the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> With that fucking baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember one time the the lights went went out. And Sting's music started. Lights came back on. Everyone's looking up and trying to see him in the rafters. Sting comes out from under the uh, ring with that bat <laughs> and hits. Oh, who was it? It was somebody in the NWO. It hits him in the back with it. It was it. It was one of those moments where I had to pick up the phone and call one of my friends. Like, oh my god, did you just see that? I couldn't wait until you know the next day at school. I had to call somebody right away and say, oh my god. That's, yeah, yo, man. that's fucking awesome. But then, didn't he eventually end up joining See, the NWO? Because it seemed like everyone ended up joining the NWO. And that was the problem with that whole NWO angle. First of all, um, it was like they didn't have they didn't have an end game. I mean, the whole thing was like them just trying to destroy the company or branch off and become. Because you remember like how they used to. It was actually kind of cool how they did it at first. Because remember how they were supposed to. There was. There was, it was WCW, and they had these, the guys who were the NWO. They were the whole, uh, the whole shtick was that they were supposed to not be actually employed by WCW. They were their own thing. Yeah. So that's why whenever you have them do their promos, it would say this spot is is paid for by the New World Order, and have them talking like with the black and white uh, screens. Right. Yeah. That's right. And then remember when they made the first uh, sold out pay per view. With the NWO ring and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. But I remember it that. made okay. no sense because it was like, so why are the WCW guys supposed to, why are they supposed to humor you and go over to your thing and fight when it's your event? And I mean, all it was was them screwing over all the WCW guys anyway. But because it was new and cool, like everybody who was there who wanted to be in it. So anybody who was anybody was trying to be NWO, you know? And it got too big and then. Again, just like there was no story and no really clear way out, so they just kept. I, I guess that's why they ended up splitting them up and then having them fight each other. I don't I see. By then, uh, so, see, ninety six when when kind of that was that was uh, at its peak. I guess is when I was tuning in again for a while, and then I just stopped. I said, "Nah, this is, the, you know, this, I'm sick of this shit," and I wasn't interested in the other storylines going on, and so I tuned back out and just WWF only. You know, until ECW went natural, na- uh, national, and I started watching that too. But I think Joe was still watching, and you were still watching. So, and and I had friends who, uh, <clears throat> who were still into it. So I would catch a little bit of that, and every once in a while I flip back and see. But I mean, I wasn't really sure how that stuff happened. So, what was the deal? Like, why did they they had like a red and black, and then they had the Latino order, and they had like another one or something? Yeah, they they had a bunch of different divisions, and then. Or not divisions, but like uh, groups. 
right. in there. And if I remember right. But were they together or were they splintered or what? I think they, they would sometimes have alliances with the, each other, but for the most part, they were supposed to be their own thing. And then, you know, they they, they would ally with each other for for some. I, I don't remember exactly. Again, it's okay. been a while. And then um, at one point, well, I, I guess they had been there, but, you know, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson came over. Yes. And um, is it Mr. Perfect? Mm-hmm. They all came over, and then uh, they wanted to reform the, the Four Horsemen. Yeah. And they had that new guy, Jeff Jarrett. Well, new, new at the time, Jeff Jarrett. He, he kept trying to audition to be <laughs> the, the fourth person, and nobody <laughs> liked him. Everybody hated him. I, I mean, every every faction in the WCW hated him. Every because he'd come out to that honky tonk music, and and <laughs> this was right when the the uh, right when Tennessee got the uh, Tennessee Titans, right uh, expansion team or wherever they moved from. Yeah, they were the Houston Oilers, and they became yeah. the Titans. Yeah, yeah. and so, somehow I, I guess they bought in to have. Uh, you know their their new team promoted, so then he was like, he wore Titan colors and Titan on, on his like shirt and jacket and, and his guitar and stuff, <laughs> and he was just the biggest friggin' redneck dork. <laughs> and I, I think they finally let him into to the Four Horsemen for a little bit, and and the Four Horsemen were the only ones that were sort of standing up to the NWO. Yeah. But then Jeff Jarrett flipped to the NWO. Wow. See, I don't remember any of this, and this is exactly why I needed to have you all to talk about this. Because, again, the only one who was really watching at all was Joe, and I think even he was tuning out at this point. So, wait a minute. So, Jarrett was – wow. And I'm I'm going off of very foggy memories, but I'm almost positive that Jeff Jarrett joined the NWO. In fact, yeah, I, I, I know he did because he had that – he – he had that stupid spiked hair, like uh, yes, like like Sting did. Mm-hmm. But then when he joined the NWO, he started wearing these big, stupid ass glasses, and he had the NWO on his <laughs> on his uh, <laughs> t shirt with the arm with the sleeves cut off. You know, we have to go back and watch some of that. And I, I think his guitar started saying NWO because that was his finishing move. He, he'd smash you with the guitar. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was still doing that shit because, okay, he um in WWF, he had come up, you know, when he started out as a Double J, Jeff Jarrett. He was supposed to be like this country singer. uh, But then he would never actually sing the song. He would never actually sing or play anything. And, like, he, every time he says he's going to do it, like, he'd come out and say the audio wasn't right or, like, the lighting wasn't right and he wouldn't oh, do it. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, when he left for uh, WCW, because uh, he always had this guy, he had his, he had his roadie with him. Uh, it was uh, Brian Armstrong, if you remember him at the time. He was down there for a minute, Brian Armstrong. But he came over uh, as Double J's roadie. And then, uh, so I guess after he left, they they changed the angle to say it was never really him singing. It was uh, his roadie. He was roadie the whole time. And his roadie's name was Jesse James, so it was Double J Jesse James for a while. Same thing, same thing they did with uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon. If you remember on WWF for a while, they had they replaced uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon with two other guys. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, they did that. They did that with Jeff Jarrett too, except it was name was Jesse James. But then they dropped the double J gimmick with him. They called himself. He called him the Road Dog Jesse James, and that's when he and uh, Billy Gunn formed the New Age Outlaws, and you know, got themselves over. But uh, not um, so yeah, that was Jeff Jarrett, and then he came back. See, I don't remember any of the stuff he did in WCW because I wasn't really following it like that. But then he came back to WWF, and he was. He still had the guitar and everything like that, but he was a badass. Like, he, he and Owen Hart were a tag team, and, I mean, just fucking shit up with that guitar. And he had, uh, he had, uh, Deborah, Deborah McMichael was supposed to be, like, his, uh, valet or his girlfriend or whatever. It's like, the three of them just, like, just, 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 just causing shit, man. They really was actually, that was actually the only stretch where I actually thought Jeff Jarrett was any, uh, you know, was any, of any interest. Yeah, I never found him of any kind of... Interest, even when he was, uh, you know, even when he became sort of a hard ass at the NWO, I still thought he was a dork. <laughs> yeah, right now he's got his own up. Uh, he's he's the one who kind of um, he helped start uh, TNA wrestling, mm-hmm. and then he left that, and then now he's got one called uh, Global Force Wrestling. So he actually the uh, Jarrett's the Jarrett family are actually uh, you know. Uh, you know, several generations in, so uh, you know he's around doing that, so that's cool. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there was only like maybe like a few months time where I thought Jeff Jarrett was like any draw at all, and that was the one right there when he and Owen Hart were that tag team. Yeah, yeah he was a <laughs> fucking fucking nerd. Yeah, but that blew my mind though. You know, back to the whole um, the Sting thing because I remember. One of the first full episodes of Nitro I watched because WWF, um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it got preempted or something, but you know, whatever. I watched, I, I was watching Nitro that day, and I can't remember who the NWO was, a bunch of them in the ring, and they were beating the shit out of some guy, and then all of a sudden Sting just drops down from the rafters, like in a, uh, on a, you know, you know, on a, on, on a bungee cord or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zip line. He dropped down in the bat, and everybody clears the ring. You know, he hit a few people, and everybody else took off running. They got the other guy. He um, he ho- he hooked him on- onto the cord, and then sent it up, and they both took off into the rafters away. I don't remember who that was. I just remember I thought that was pretty badass. And yeah, then he did shit like that all the time. Yeah, but then like some months later, all of a sudden I see him in red and black face paint, and he's NWO. I'm like, well, what? I don't- what happened here? What did I miss? Yeah, I, I don't even think they really explained it. It was just one day. One day, you know, the lights went off, the lights came back on, and he's um, NWO now. Uh, like, I really don't think there's any kind of real explanation. It just, here he is, NWO. Man. I don't get it. I, yeah, this, this is why I couldn't watch WCW uh, February long, because, like, just their, their angles just didn't make much sense to me anymore, and just, like... They always seemed like they were half-baked or just not thorough enough. And then the NWO thing was just rotting, stinking. Like, they just wouldn't put it out of his misery. So, I too yeah, know that, it, man. Yeah, it got bad after a while. And then everyone started leaving to go back to the WWF. And that's kind of when I started tuning out anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as soon as ICP joined and started wrestling, I was like, all right. <laughs> I bet you didn't stick around for the, the No Limit Soldiers and um, 
uh, <laughs> oh, I remember that when the fucking tank came out. <laughs> was it was it mystical? Uh, I don't remember, there. man. I just, I just remember that they were all on that fucking tank. Came rolling out one one uh, episode, and I was like, yeah, this, "This is it. I'm I'm done." <laughs> WCW was like that though, man. Before I was ever watching them, uh, there was like some some event. I think it was like the the first Super Brawl when uh, that RoboCop show up. Yeah, they they would have like a lot of you know because they had that Turner money, so they they would have all all kind. They would get a lot of say like B listers in there. Yeah, you know compared to the the. WWF, right, right. But like, uh, so speaking of which, um, now for WrestleMania, which they don't do, well, I guess they 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 still do it. They always have like some sort of celebrity guest in there. Although the weird thing is they always they, sometimes they have them wrestling in the ring, which is kind of odd. But uh, they always have a celebrity guest of some sort at WrestleMania, and that's kind of where 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 it ends. But WCW was bringing in folks like they had like they had Dennis Rodman join the NWO and they had oh yeah they did they had Jay Leno Jay Leno come and fight a match but these were like during regular like you know what I'm saying this is these these weren't these weren't weren't right Nitro and it wasn't like Starcade or anything big it was just like you know at these random pay per views or, or, or Nitro like you said I'm like what the fuck are they doing. Yeah, I I don't like I said I I was starting to tune out by then. I didn't. Get okay. It. Um, All right. You know I I I remember when Rodman joined, but I was like, well, why? <laughs> well, I I mean Rodman I can understand because Rodman was you know already out there wearing wedding dresses and just being oh, Lord weird ass <laughs> Rodman. But you know it's like well why why would he be on this show? But I guess they had that Turner money to burn. And uh, they could do that. Yeah, I guess. Well, before this becomes just, you know, let's dump on WCW and all of its faults, you know, actually, you can go to a YouTube channel called Wrestling with Regret, Regret spelled with a W, and uh, find a bunch of this shit out there. But, uh, man, what were some of the high points, though, man? Like, you know, when you were watching, what were you, uh, like, 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 what were you excited to see, or like, what was going on that was like really cool? Just over everything. It's at all during that time period. Um, well, I was always excited to see Sting. Yeah. You know, once he started doing the the crow thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Four Horsemen. Because I I never never was a big follower of of a uh, Ric Flair anybody. No, you know, back in in the WWF days when he was there, but once he was in the WCW, mm-hmm. it, you know, doing the fu- fucking uh, figure four leg lock and all that stuff. I mean, that had me. That I was, you know, and and just the pure swagger of of a a Ric Flair. Oh, Flair's amazing. It's just, man. it's just amazing. You know. Yeah, I love Ric Flair, and actually, you know, that's what I love. That's because he—that was home for him. You know, he, you know, 
you know, from the Jim Crockett or Mid-Atlantic days to, you know, when it became WCW, whatever. I mean, that's, that was his element, you know what I'm saying? I always thought, I mean, it was cool having him up there in WWF, although he never fought Hogan, which, uh, you know, Vince, uh, actually, uh, I thought it was because Vince didn't want to, he didn't want to have Hogan fight Flair because he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to make, he, he did he, he well he wasn't going to put flair over hogan but at this it, you know cuz you know his own you know the face of his own company versus the guy who came from you know up from the competition you know right. he wasn't going to do that but at the same time no one was going to believe hogan over flair because i mean hogan I mean, for for all of his popularity he was not the best worker in the world so uh he thought that might actually hurt hurt his product to actually have that match, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why they switched it up at uh, WrestleMania Eight, where uh, he was supposed to fight, or um, somewhere in that time frame, they were gonna have Hogan and Flair fight, but then I guess he switched it up and played out the angle to where um, uh, Flair got into it with uh, with Savage, and they had Hogan and uh, Sid Vicious against each other instead. Oh, Sid Vicious! I forgot all about Sid Vicious. Yeah, so didn't that's what he, happened. Didn't he become a good guy? For a brief moment, he was Sid Justice over there in uh, in WWF, and then when Hogan that's screwed right. him over at the Royal Rumble, he turned heel on him. <laughs> and me and my sister were so pissed because we love Sid Vicious, and I mean we liked Hogan, but we weren't we weren't Hulkamaniacs, and. Right. We thought there was such a sore loser bullshit move for him to do, and so we we really wanted Hogan to get his ass whooped at at WrestleMania. And of course, it didn't happen, but man, we wanted <laughs> we wanted to see him get power bombed and just the shit kicked out of him. Man, we were anti Hogan for a few years behind that because uh, we were mad at that. But um, yeah, um, but but yeah, I mean, it was cool having Flair up there in the WWF back in the uh, early nineties and uh. Funny when he was bringing the, when he brought that WCW belt with him on TV, <laughs> I was wearing it because <laughs> I mean that that whole shit. Uh, he really stuck it to him, but um, you know, uh, Flair was always at his best in his element in the WCW. You know, and, and I just thought that, uh, and 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 one of the reasons why I don't I I, I didn't put him in my top five of just the because by the criteria I used, it was just. The people who I was wanting to, I was excited to see, and like just uh, when I turn on wrestling, who did I want to see? You know, I didn't really, and and I think Flair, his best, I think you know, his best stuff was like you know late seventies and like, and then you know on through the eighties in the NWA and those other territories. You know what I'm saying? So I missed a lot of his a lot of his best stuff. So uh, it wasn't until like you know I I'd watched a lot of his old stuff that I really 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 became. You know the fan of Flair and just like all his old promos and stuff like that. It's one of the one of the best guys on the mic ever. Yeah, I mean, god damn. You know, I still I still fuck around. again right at, at my sister's wedding. You know, I was gonna I was gonna walk out there. You know, Ric Flair. You know, to beat the chest and then just you know the arms side to sides. You know, strut <laughs> there. But I did both of instead. But yeah, that, yeah, we did the strut too. In, in, uh... In school, we'd be man. we'd be posting some shit to start doing this strut. Yeah, man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Um, so so yeah, all that uh, 
all that, you know, I, I kind of went off on that tangent there when he was talking about uh, Flair and Anderson and the Four Horsemen and all that. But, uh, you know, there were so many different incarnations of the Four Horsemen. But um, who was in there at that time? You said you said Perfect was there. and uh, I think Mr. Perfect was there. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Sure. Because Arn Anderson was there. Right. Arn and Flair were pretty much always the glue. It was always, like, at least those two. And the other two spots would change. Yeah. But, uh, okay, well, while you're doing that, uh, folks, I want to say a little trivia for you. Um, the Four Horsemen actually came about because uh, Arn Anderson, um, it just happened to be something he said in a promo. And those four guys were together. It was uh, Arn, Flair, um, uh, and I don't remember the other two at the time. I don't think it was Tully Blanchard yet, but maybe it could have been. I forget who all four were there. But basically they had him on TV at one point just to save time and just have them all cut a promo right there. And Arn says something like, he says something like, you never seen this. He said, to see four guys cause this much destruction, you have to go all the way back to the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And then, you know, after they did that, they're like, oh, shit, put these guys together. This is the four horsemen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was, uh, I found it. Okay. It was uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit. Oh, Benoit, yeah. And then uh, Pillman. Oh, I didn't, wow, I don't remember Pillman being in there. Yeah, in 95. Awesome. Brian yeah, Pillman. I forgot about Chris Benoit. That's when he. Uh, yeah, maybe it was, it was Chris Benoit I'm thinking of, not uh, Mr. Perfect. Okay. I forgot about Benoit because, again, my brother uh, Joey, he was. um. He was the one telling me, but like I remember, there, oh, do you, were you watching when um, Benoit and uh, Kevin Sullivan had a series of those matches, and they always ended up like in the bathroom and like all these other places in the arena, just beating the shit out of each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> there were a few of them just like that, weren't there? Were there more than more than one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, those man. are fucking crazy. I remember, I remember that. Uh, that's that's one of the things that yeah, uh, we'd be watching and he'd be like, "Check this guy out." He said, "This is Chris Benoit. He's awesome. He's 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 cool." Like he was him. Jo- uh, Joey was a he was a special case, man. Dude, you know, for a, a seven year old watching wrestling, you wouldn't think you'd think they'd be attracted to more like you know flashier personas. You know, what I'm saying this dude, his favorite guys were Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. You know, <laughs> like you know. We taught him well, you know, but but yeah, he was putting us on the shit. We're like, yeah, let's watch this match, and like we're watching him, just like, god damn, man. I mean, dude, it, I mean, and and I mean, I remember they were in the bathroom and people were in there, like in the men's room. Come on, Benoit, beat his ass. We're like, you know, get him, Sullivan. You know, just they end up like in the hallways and all the bowels of the building. I mean, oh, yeah, man. they get fucking crazy. Go all, go all over the fucking place. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm just, uh... Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot he was in there. And then there was a... Steve McMichael played Mongo. Oh, uh, Mongo McMichael? Oh, God. <laughs> he was in there for a minute in yeah. 96. He was the one who was married to, uh... To uh, the chick, uh, the blonde Deborah, and they divorced, and that's she came over to WWF with De- with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, and then Steve Austin married her for a minute. <laughs> now I don't know where she's been, but I don't know where she's at now. But uh, yeah, 
And then looks like the last incarnation was Ric Flair, Arn Anderson as manager, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. Is that four? No, yeah, that's four. Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko. Then they had a referee in their pocket. And then they had a couple valets, too. Oh, yeah, you know. That's cool. Huh. And a chick named Double D is a valet. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... That is really sort of the extent of my wrestling. <laughs> right. I'm glad you did me last because I don't have a lot to say because I don't remember as much. Well, I do have to ask you this, though. Uh, what about what about Goldberg, man? What do you think of him when he, when he came out? Goldberg. The... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Goldust. Gold, oh, the big... Uh, the big dude. Yeah. The big Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him. Because I just remember, like, you know, he'd have, like, these two-second matches or whatever. You know, he'd, like, do two moves and over with. And then, uh, you know, the big long streak he had where he never lost. Uh, but he, uh, and I don't remember. I really wasn't a fan. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. I just wasn't really a fan of his work but that entrance man when he used to come in you know it was so intense man I just always like if, if he was on I would like oh love, I just, I just want to see this real quick before we change that I just want to see this because they knock on the door and then they'd be like hey Mr. Goldberg you know match is ready you're, you know you know, it's time, time to go or whatever and so he kicked the door out, you know, like he's Mr. T with some balsa wood. And then, you know, he'd have like a team of security around him. He'd just be like, you know, psyching up, whatever, you know, stretching his arms out, sweet, you know, whatever. And then he'd walk out. And then as soon as he get to the, uh, as soon as he get to the, uh, to the, to the door, like, you know, to the curtain, the ring curtain, he'd walk out there and the fireworks and the smoke would come on. And he'd stand there in the smoke and then just come down to the ring and then grab the ropes and, Pulling the ropes and I mean, it just—it was—it was so cool to watch, you know. But then after that, I turned it off because I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch the match. I just, just want to see him come in. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Goldberg. I, I thought he was all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of of the, those big sort of bruiser guys, I thought he was uh, pretty. I just had to ask because he was supposed to be like you know the big deal, and that was kind of during the time you were watching him. So I just want to know what you thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, he was all right. Okay. Alright, fair enough. Well, um you know, got anything else to add before we uh before we move on to uh to to your list? Um no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha, man. Alright, well um Alright, so so let's have it, man. What you got? Your uh top five wrestlers and uh um I guess what were the criteria you used like in breaking down the list and what and, and oh, also and, and are they in order? Are you saying in order or? Um. Yeah, I'll put them in order. They're in order. Okay. I mean, all right. Yeah, I'll go from from you know worst to best or you know least five to, to one. Best. Five to okay. one. Um, all right, from five to one, and then how'd you come up with this? Like how how'd you narrow down your list? It's um since I. 
I had to go, go back and, you know, sort of look just to see, like, like their entrances and how, how they acted in interviews, you know, in, in those stupid fake interviews they do <laughs> when they talk shit. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm judging it from there. And, mm-hmm. you know, just just the the death cake nostalgia factor as well, you know, what, you know, what sets off the triggers to right. remember the stuff. Okay. Um, number five have to be, of course, for the story I told at the beginning of Junkyard Dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I don't really remember his matches, I remember him coming out. And later on, didn't he start coming out with the dwarf that was dressed the same as him, but the dwarf had, had a mohawk? You know, I'm fuzzy on that. You know, because I remember Junkyard Dog a bit from back then, but um, he's kind of he's just just ever so slightly before my time. Yeah, you know. And then he came back for a minute. Like you know, he he would have you know a, a short contract here or there. We you know show up for like a year or so or you know however long. I remember the WCW. He was there for a minute and then disappeared again. He'd show up elsewhere and then he'd be in the Indies somewhere. He never really quit working until like you know much later, but you know I, I don't have that. I, I don't remember a whole lot about him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did, but again, I'm not 100. Um, okay. Number four has to be Macho Man. Yes. I mean, just because it's the fucking Macho Man. Fuck yeah. I mean, snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> Yeah, I've got him in mind too, man. I, I love Randy Savage. Yeah, I, and just his, uh, you know, just, just the, because when, when I really paid attention to him, it seemed like those older guys, they didn't do as much athletic work <laughs> as some of the younger dudes. Yeah. You know, it'd be a lot of standing around and wait, waiting for the guy to come to him, and then he'd, you know, punch or knock him down, you know. Yeah, that's that 70s style that was still kind of lingering around, hadn't really died off yet in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really, you know, in no disrespect, you know, to that stuff. I just, I, you know, what, once you get past, like, you know, like maybe 84, 85 for me, that's, you know, earlier than that, I'm not tuning in. Yeah, but he was doing that shit in the 90s when he joined the NWO. Yeah, you know, yeah. He this dude to be flying at him. They, they'd be jumping off the ropes. He'd just be standing there waiting for him to come. And you just kind of knock him down. <laughs> he wasn't doing a lot of work. Oh, you talking? Was, oh, in the NWO, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he, he um, wasn't doing. It. I mean, I, I know they're you know beat up and you know, bad knees and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and just also, funny. That's another thing. I, that's another thing I got tied up to. You know, Ho- watching Hogan and Sa- Hogan and Savage were terrible about it too. Maybe just because. They had that kind of stroke, whatever you know, having been down there for a while. But they go be in the matches, just no sell everything. You know, they get hit and it's just like it'd be like nothing ever happened. Yeah, you know, like this guy clearly, you know, any other match, you know, you'd see him at least act like he got hit. You know, what I'm saying, <laughs> just take yeah. it all and just, you know, he gave you a backbreaker, you pop back up and then hit him with something else. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and Hogan in that was the same, worst about it. But. In in the, that same breath, in, in the, I you know, I gotta put Hogan. You know, I'll time together Hogan and uh, Macho Man just because you know I love that at 
when Hogan is beat down and looks like he lost that crowd will start cheering and he'll just get that strength come up from the bottom of his guts he'd get up and just wail yeah hulk, hulk it out the man. shit yeah you know uh, that so I'll, I'll i'll put hulk and macho man okay so yeah. number four okay so tie for number four yeah um number three gee oh man <laughs> it's I I guess I would have to go with uh, with uh, Rey Mysterio. All right, because I mean, that that was really the first time that I had seen sort of the the mass luchador sort of type of wrestling because I never saw any of those Mexican wrestlers really before. Same with me, man. Um, actually, no credit to uh, at least from what I understand. Uh, Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously in ECW, he was the one who kind of started bringing Lucha Libre up here, and then WCW hired like a ton of those guys out of there, like uh, you know, like 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 you know, like Mysterio and Super Crazy and um, Guerrero and Jericho, yeah, and all them. So all those guys came from ECW before they went to WCW. So yeah, and yep. and Mysterio would do moves that I had never seen, you know, a wrestler do. Like he instead of Instead of climbing on the the turnbuckle and jumping from there, Ray Ray would uh, go in the middle of the ropes, yeah, and, and stand in the middle of the ropes and jump off. And you know, I never had seen stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and and one time he had, had a, uh, his luchador mask looked like a Spider Man's mask. <laughs> I think it only happened once because <laughs> then Marvel called and said, uh, "Hey." Hey, stop that. I didn't know that. I'm surprised they tried that shit because back in uh, 91 or 92, they had some guy, it looked like, it looked like, like, like absolute, like not even cosplay level, like just bullshit, like knockoff third world version with like blue and yellow and his name was Arachnaman. And he sprayed silly string in the ring. <laughs> oh shit! He had a couple matches. There's a Ragnar man. And they Marvel said, "Cut that shit out, or we're gonna destroy you." <laughs> like, okay. So no more Ragnar man. So I'm surprised they went. They, they let him try that Spider Man stuff uh, later on. Like, did they learn from a Ragnar man? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I, I he only wore that mask maybe once, twice maybe that I saw. Okay. You know, but. Uh, do you uh you check out Lucha Underground at all on the El Rey? No, I, I've it it's been on, you know, and I, I'll fall asleep to it, but I, oh, okay. I don't pay that much attention. Yeah, my kids love that shit, man. They they like Lucha Libre. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, they're half Mexican. They got it honest, but you know. <laughs> um, number two, I'd have to say would be uh, uh Booker T and. Uh, uh, what's his name? What was that a tag team? Oh, the Harlem Heat. Uh, yeah, the Harlem Heat. Uh, what was, what mean, was the other guy's name? I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, they they would do. I mean, Booker T would, uh, or the other guy would. They would tag, and and the other guy would, would throw the the opponent up against the ropes, and Booker T would come across that roundhouse kick. Yeah, and knock him down. You know that I was one of the first real, um, uh, you know, black tag teams that I had. 
that I remember seeing. I don't know if there, were, there was one earlier, and I I was out of wrestling at that time and didn't see him or what. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you weren't watching WCW back when uh, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed were uh, doomed. <laughs> and, oh, they were awesome. Yeah, and so I, uh, you know, and, and, and an honorable mention, I just have to say, is uh, uh, The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. I mean, just for nothing else than um, his entrance. Mm-hmm. Him and Paul Bearer. You know, yeah. that they would roll that, that coffin out and he'd come out of that coffin. <laughs> Hell, yeah. You know? Hey, hey, I'll ask you something about Undertaker, though. And I know this is this. <laughs> as soon as I say it, it'll do. <laughs> oh, let's take it back to the 80s for you, man. Okay, do you remember who? Remember uh, before they brought in Paul Bearer? Do you remember he was he was managed by Brother Love? Oh, you, you, you remember Brother Love though, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh shit! The man that stands before you now is a man who requires. Actually, Bruce Pritchard, who is Brother Love, he's the one who got Undertaker into the uh, company. Oh, shit. Because he was somewhere. His name was me, Mark Callis. He was somewhere else. And uh, this big man wanted Sid. He, he wanted Sid, and at the time, you couldn't get him. Yeah. And Pritchard is like, well, hey, you know, there's this guy, me, Mark Callis, down there. You know, he's, you know, he's just as good. You get, you're looking for the big guy like that. And Vince saw him. He said, eh, he looks like a tall basketball player. I don't, eh, I don't believe it. Um... But, you know, they kept showing him tapes of his work and said, uh, okay. And they, they ended up bringing him in. But then, uh, you remember that Suburban Commando, that uh, Hulk Hogan movie? Yeah. Where he, 
<laughs> and Undertaker had a bit part in there, and he wore like this long black jacket. And someone in that meeting said they saw him in there and said he looks like an old timey like Western Undertaker. And they said money, <laughs> you know. But they had like Brother Love, you know, who was like <laughs> that fucking televangelist thing going. <laughs> oh God, Brother Love, get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> I knew it because I knew man, I remember when that she used to want to get up and turn the TV off whenever he's oh. on like <laughs> Oh please don't, don't play any brother love under this <laughs> Oh I already did. Oh man <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, he had him for a while and they switched it up. I can't remember if Pritchard left the company or if uh they just wanted to go with something, you know, to kind of fit the, fit the gimmick a little better. But that's when they brought in uh, whatever his real name is. I forget. And he, he was Paul Bearer. Oh, <laughs> okay, wait a bit. I forgot where we are on your list now. We're uh, number two. <laughs> number, ten. number two. Okay, who you got? Number two. Um, I have to go back. Back. Uh, old school. And gotta go Hacksaw Jim Duggan man I mean just cause I mean they, they even brought him back in, in the in the WCW for a minute was he? I think so and why don't I remember or that? maybe it was WWF I know you know right around the time of the Iraq Wars the first one or was it the second one might have been the second one the, the second Iraq War they brought okay. him back and, and he was uh like USA hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he he'd always he he would have that that stupid that stupid uh, two by four, but then, and he also carried giant American flag. Yeah, well, he always had the two by four in the flag. But, well, yeah, uh, but no, no, he... the flag got bigger. Oh, really? <laughs> the flag was was freaking huge, and he'd come marching down. He'd wave that flag all over. And I oh, think shit. they even brought um, Iron Sheik back just as a as a, a, a manager. Are you fucking kidding? During the during the Iraq War, I I think they did just and or maybe not e- even a man- manager, but just there to you know talk. I'm so surprised that they did that because WWF had already done that with the Iraq War. You know, or maybe it it was on WWF. I don't know. Like, like I said, with, it's hazy. Okay, because 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 I'll tell you what I do remember is that like we he because I mean he he might have gone to WCW at some point. I don't remember it, but I thought he did towards the end of of uh, the WCW run, and he's the one that brought Hogan back to the to the uh, the face. Side. Oh, really? Okay, if I remember right, got you because. Uh, yeah, he had um okay because uh during the Iraq War they had Sheik and they had uh uh you know a couple other guys they had to just you know be generic uh, Arab soldier types whatever and then I forget the names the names are escaping me right now but uh then they had but they had the way they brainwashed Sergeant Slaughter and like he he gone to the Iraq side and so you had Hogan and Slaughter fight each what? other. You don't remember that? What? You don't no. remember that? <laughs> no. Hussein did not Kuwait. He conquered Kuwait. He conquered Kuwait. And his name 
Sergeant. What that general said is that is it such a great pleasure that a man such as Saddam Hussein would take the time to send to me Sergeant Slaughter a special gift. All right, Oh, look at those boots. Look at Saddam Hussein has said to me. What nice pair boots. What a gift. President Saddam Hussein. I, Sergeant Slaughter, glad that my career will follow your lofty standards. Just as you conquered Kuwait. I can see it now, poop face. President Saddam Hussein in the middle, General Adnan on the right, and I, Sergeant Slaughter, the new World Wrestling Federation champion on the left. heroes taking their rightful place in history <laughs> that's like 1990 <laughs> or 90s like during the uh, desert storm yeah man and they had Sergeant Slaughter on that side and then it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan who brought uh, who ended up bringing Slaughter back and then they were a tag team for a while but that yeah, was the weirdest shit well maybe that's what I remember and I remember, like, the war had ended already, but that angle was still going on in the wrestling, and they still played it out all the way through. <laughs> that was crazy. And they had that match where they had to... It was like they put a bunch of sand in the ring, and they had these... Oh, it was... It was... Well, I'll tell you, man. As much as I loved uh, WWF back then, um, there's reasons why I started watching WCW instead, because, I mean, WWF had gotten so much like a cartoon and a parody of itself. At that point, I'm like, man, I can't take this. <laughs> yeah, but WCW did too. Well, they did later, but I'm talking about in '91. In like back then, WCW was still pretty much like, just just give me the wrestling. Don't give me all that other crazy shit. Yeah, that's, that's true. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Oh man, sounds like I'm gonna send you some YouTube links, man. The Sergeant Slaughter, Iraqi Sergeant Slaughter. 
And you know, one thing I have to say, for the longest time when I, I was a kid, I really thought that Hulk Hogan and and uh, uh, what was the governor of Minnesota's name? Oh, uh, Ventura? Uh, Ventura. I thought they were the same person. That's because they both ripped off the same guy. Really? Yeah, they both. All those guys are just. They're using superstar Billy Graham's gimmick. Gotcha. And yeah, so they. I mean, you know, everybody did that. Like, that was just how the territories were back then. Like, they saw something hot and one thing. Okay, well, I'm going to have my guy do that. And then another territory. Well, I'm, I got the guy who's like, who's kind of like, you know, built like that. I'm going to have my guy do it. So, like, four or five guys who were all basically superstar Billy Graham. Oh. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Learning stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, people, um, I think I had this conversation come up in, like, one of the other uh, episodes. I can't remember who. I think it was, I think it was with Ghost. Yeah, same thing, you know. Uh, uh, Austin Idol, who was, like, I forget where uh, he wrestled out of. And he, I think it was in WWF for a while, I think. But, yeah, they're all, I mean, Hogan, I guess, was the most successful with it. But, yeah, Jesse the Body, Hogan. I mean, they all, look, they all had little world sunglasses and the feather boas and all that. Yeah. That's why you thought they were the same person, because they basically were yeah the same stupid handlebar mustache <laughs> yep yep but uh anyway my number one gotta be Sting. Sting. gotta be and you know i was a fan of him when he was wearing the multicolored mask and had the bleached spiky hair but i mean i liked crow sting because he he wouldn't talk ever in interview, well, when they could pin him down for an interview, he wouldn't say anything. He'd just stand there. Wow. I mean, I, I really dug that whole arc until he joined the NWO. But that, because, because, if I remember right, he he had gotten beat up as you know multicolored mask thing, and then like. Maybe a month later, he, he premiered as as the Crows thing, mm-hmm. which yeah, it was yeah. That, that was my jam. Yeah, a little trivia about that too. That actually came from uh, from Scott Hall. Uh, that idea. Oh really? Because, yeah, because um, Sting. If you remember, well, Sting had his he had the bleach blonde hair and, it, and you know spikes, whatever, and buzz down, whatever, and then. If you remember, like in the um, when '95, he started kind of just growing it out more. Yeah, and he kind of like the brown, the natural brown that started coming back in. He just had he wore his hair a little longer, and uh, I think by the time Hall had gotten there, he was growing his hair out, and then um, and he said, Hall said to him one day, "You still paint your face the same way like that?" He's like, "Yeah, why?" He's like, "Cause you ever seen this movie, The Crow?" He's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I think you know, I, I think you 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 look scarier like this," and. He was saying, and I actually heard a Sting or interview with Sting. He actually corroborated this too. And he's like, "Yeah," he said, "You know, because he's like, man, he said people want to see people want to see a colorful Sting get beat up." He said, "But but this, this would really make you look tough. This this would be something totally different. You reinvent yourself." So I mean, that's what he did, and he saw it worked. Yeah, it did. Because I I was I was there every nitro just waiting for Sting to show up, <sighs> and when he didn't, I was pissed. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's my uh, that's my top five. Top five. All right, all right. Sounds good. Nice list there. Um, so uh, interest music. 
Other than another one bites the dust. <laughs> 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 okay, so I mean, I, I can't remember any of the others. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it it's been too long. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Other than you know, um, uh, Stone Cold. <laughs> That's just because they talk about it on on We Hate Movies, you know, <laughs> almost every episode. So. so, you know, I'm familiar with that one, but you know, oh, other yeah. than that, I well, whatever Coco Beware's music was. Chicken. Oh, the bird, bird, bird song. Yeah, I forgot. Oh my god, you probably you forgot. I forgot about that. And we mentioned Coco Beware and other stuff, but I forgot all about his. Uh, I forgot about that song. And he went yeah. with, the, with the parrot. Yeah, yeah. And he do that stupid dance all the way down the aisle. <laughs> Actually, that that one may be my favorite. Oh that, shit! I'm, I'm gonna change. Yeah. Coco oh Beware. shit. Okay, because you know I was totally gonna pull a. Uh, I'm slowly gonna throw it back to uh to the state again, where they had that uh that compilation where every song was sitting up, sitting by the dock on the bay. <laughs> I was gonna play your interest music, have it all be. Oh shit! I don't want to buy stuff dust. <laughs> oh god! Shit. All right, so there you go. All right, so you got two of them right there, man. And uh, honorable mention, I guess you got Stone Cold in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Oh well. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add before we go ahead and and wrap up this chapter, man? No, I'm good. All right. I'm well, just glad I don't have to edit this. Fuck. <laughs> That's all you, man. <laughs> I get the week off. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. And I've got my work cut out for me. But um, all right, man. Well, uh. Yeah, there it is, proof, folks. You know, DCP mob is still a thing. It's still a tag team. We didn't break up. We you know. mob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a uh, you know, like like I've said in a couple other episodes. You know, look, Jay wasn't really a fan until the very much later in the uh, the run of WCW, and that's almost exclusively what he watched at that point. And then during the heyday of like all the other time frames that you heard us talk about, he was just kind of. On the periphery, just kind of looking in once in a while, then going on about other things, you know. Um, I just will say that um, I just think it's interesting um, that you were always into comics for as long as I can remember. You've always liked comics and superheroes and all that. And I mean, I liked stuff too, but I mean, I didn't. I never picked up a comic book until I was probably 11 years old already. Um, didn't really follow any storylines except for maybe X Men because I mean that's when they were just starting to get popular 
with my age group um, when I was maybe in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, X-Men. But, I mean, other than that, I didn't really read comics because, to me, wrestling was my comics. Yeah, you know, You know, and it didn't matter which one you watched. I mean, it's just you had characters, you had story arcs, you had stakes, and, you know, something happened here that caused this to happen later, and this is why this is like this. And for anybody who doesn't know the story, they have to kind of roll back and or have someone tell them so they understand why this is happening now. So, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I honestly think that that's probably why you weren't really into wrestling so much because, I mean, comic books were your wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's hard to catch up. With, with the wrestling back then because YouTube wasn't a thing oh yeah totally you know so uh, a, a comic book you you can go to the sorry well sorry up oh, you know what phone. okay see if this is Steve Austin's podcast you ever want a beer ah shit I'm sorry well it's DCP so you don't have to worry about that I'm just saying if it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want a beer. And it's stupid me. I keep hitting it and making it play when I'm trying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, as I was saying, uh, with a, a comic, you can go and buy the back issues. But with, with wrestling, back then, you couldn't, you know, you, you either had to wait for, like, WrestleMania to come out on VHS for you to rent. Right. Or if it was something that happened on the weekly show, you were just kind of SOL. Oh, yeah, totally. You were, you were absolutely SOL, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and all I can say is, you know, again, I, I, I mentioned him a couple old episodes. Shout out to uh, Sean Brassfield. Well, I, actually tried to, I actually tried looking him up, but apparently that's a more common name than I would have thought. So I can't <laughs> find him. Because <laughs> I was actually totally going to hit him up and say, hey, man, you know, but... Uh, yeah, he had a t- he mo- he loaned me a ton of uh, tapes, you know, some that were you know actual home video releases, others the stuff that he had taped or that his family had taped because he his family watched so much wrestling and that's how he at his age he knew way more wrestling than I think anybody our age should have, you know, you know, and, and, and I remember a lot of arguments with that guy because uh again you know. And and you, I, I noticed that you, you too. You know, you generally, you like the mix of people. You know, what I'm saying we weren't all about, you know, good guys and bad guys. You know, what I'm saying we kind of like to mix. And in fact, I think we leaned a little bit more toward the heel characters. Uh, you know, in most cases, um, this guy was all about the fucking baby faces, man. You know, he loved Hulk Hogan, whereas I wanted to see Hogan lose all the time. You know. Uh, when Bob Backlund came back and like was at ninety two, and I thought he was the most corniest, boring person. I mean, he thought I just he he, he thought I just spit on the Bible or something like that, you know, because he <laughs> knew the history, he knew who Bob Backlund was and who what he meant to the WWF at the time. He thought I was nuts. I'm like, Bob, sup back. Backlund sucks, man. He's not he's not he's not interesting. He's not he didn't even have an interest music. He just walks out of the ring with a towel and some red trunks. He wanted to kill me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, just it. it um, so, so, so. Uh, but, but, shouts out to him for. Um, he loaned me a bunch of tapes and stuff like that. So there was stuff that I hadn't seen, you know, from like uh, that he knew from WCW. That um, I'd only been watching WCW for about two years at that point, and so he showed me a bunch of stuff from like the end when it was still being called NWA or or, or JCP or whatever, and. Uh, you know, a lot of Ric Flair stuff and just, just, just really, 
it's just really cool stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, which, you know, if you didn't have that, if you didn't have a guy like that, yeah, you were screwed. You couldn't see episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the struggle, kids. Yeah. Yeah, totally. See, now you got the WWE Network, and WWE owns all the archives, so, like, all these old uh, libraries and stuff like that, and you have YouTube, so you can go back and find the stuff. Back then, we didn't have that, so. No, not at all. It sucked. Nah, man. Nah. Um, but, uh, oh, one other question I asked you. Do you ever peep in on the, the current product at all? Ever? No. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I just want I asked everybody that question. Just want to know if you did or not. No. Um, yeah. The only time I did was because... What's his name? Xavier Woods or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's part of that one group, and they, they were dressed up like Dragon Ball Z and came out with a giant oh, cereal box. God. Yeah. That, yeah was, well. that was the only time I really sort of checked him out. Hey, well, that's the blackest thing they could have done for <laughs> WrestleMania. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I just I, – another reason I asked is because uh, – you know, we were talking about Flair and how much, you know, the swagger we liked. And I just, you know, I just, I, I really like his daughter, who's a women's champion right now. Because she's exactly like him. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. It's, it's unbelievable. And then, uh, you know, the only thing, only thing lacking is that she doesn't have is, she doesn't have his mic skills at all. She's not, her promo is not so good. I mean, I guess she couldn't get everything, but comes out to a version of his song, like a, like a remix, like amped up version of like his, uh. 2001 Space Odyssey music, you know? Oh, shit. Yeah, man. And she comes with the big robes and then just goes in there and kicks ass, too, man. But then she goes in there and cheats and does all that bullshit that he used to do. It's just, oh, it's great. It's fucking great. And that's actually how, you know, again, for people who've heard these all these chapters, they already know the story. But for you, I'm just saying, yeah, that's what happened because uh, I listen to Flair's podcast, Woo Nation, and... I've heard other people talk about her too, but they mention is they mention uh, Charlotte, and they say you know how how much how much they like, you know how much they like her work, and she's gonna have a long career, you know. And I'm like, wait, what? Flair's do- what? Hold on, I gotta see this. And so I looked it up, and I was uh, searching through episodes on on Hulu to try to find try to find a match with her in it, and I found a few. So I was like, watching, like, damn, she is actually pretty good, except for <laughs> except for when she had, you know, she's got Flair out there on the on the on the outside doing distractions or. You know, other shit that she does, you know, but she's actually a really good wrestler. I'm like, damn, okay. And they, women's wrestling has changed. I'm like, wow, what the fuck? And so uh, the girls happen to be watching, and they're just sitting there just kind of watching while I'm watching that. And I turn it off. Wasn't going to think about it ever again until the other day uh, they, had, they, they, had off from sc- they were off from school one day. And they said, you know, got up in the morning and said they wanted to watch wrestling. And it's, you know... <laughs> So I was catching stuff that was happening, and then, you know, once I finally decided, you know, because we've been talking about doing this an episode like this for a long time, and just hadn't done it, just been on the back burner. I'm like, you know what? Now's a good time, you know. Now that, you know, at the time WrestleMania was coming up, you know, now it's passed. But uh, and then just now that I've seen like what's actually going on today, it's I just thought it made more sense, you know, now to you know to do it because uh now i have something to compare it to where whereas before i'd be like you know, I'd, I'd still be talking about when i got out of it and saying 
you know, I don't know anything. You know, I would, I just wouldn't have a frame of reference to compare my glory days to like what's going on now. You know, right? So that's all. That's why. I, that's why I asked you that, and that's you know, again, you know, flair. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, definitely still a big fan of him. I didn't have. I I, I regret not having him in my top five. But just the way I did my criteria, he wouldn't be in there. But if I had a you know different criteria, different list, he he'd be in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this one. Um, like I said, we're gonna uh, I'm gonna be on a I made a fool to uh put the uh the final end cap on this chapter. Um, long time coming. Uh, a lot of fun doing it. And uh, but now we're going back to uh back to regular scheduled. Death Cakes programming uh, got some uh, <laughs> some some really good stuff planned out uh, coming up for you guys. Yeah, I've had four. No, I'd have about three weeks off and not having to do nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't quit. I took a break and I'm back. <laughs> so uh, get it. Uh, that's a great promo. Yeah, <laughs> just get it, folks. Alright, well, <laughs> until next time. See ya! Next question, Jeff, where are you? Right there. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it! I mean, thank Take you. Thank you, y'all guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Funk, for saying what needed to be said. I don't want to see another one of these. Well, you. you people are in for a rare treat because I'm about to introduce to you a gentleman, and I mean gentleman. This man has helped me out, and if this man can help me, I know he can help every one of you out there. May I proudly present my personal close good friend, Brother Love!
message of love. Yes, love. L-O-V-E. Love. And there is only one thing that matters to me today. And that one thing is that I want you to remember the one thing that I want for you to know. <laughs>